Hey, welcome back to Giovanni Andrioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. It's been a while, hasn't it? Welcome back. Uh, thanks for sticking it out. I'm sure you either didn't even notice or you were wondering what happened to me. Uh, but I can tell you what happened to me. Uh, between trips and school and work and friends and parties, I got a lot going on. And they say scheduling is the... Uh, the bane of podcasting existence, and I think that's definitely true. So sometimes creative ventures just kind of have to fall by the wayside, but I'm back. I'm here. I'm making it happen for you today. It's happening, uh, and you're welcome. But, but I yeah, I do actually genuinely apologize for this unintentional hiatus. This really wasn't supposed to be a thing. It wasn't planned or anything. It was just like, oh, I haven't recorded in two weeks. should probably record. Oh, I haven't recorded in three weeks. Shit. And then now I was like, okay, I I should definitely make time. So I did. I carved out time. I just finished uh, some lunch after some math homework. So, yeah. <laughs> I still have more math homework. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Oh, how have you been, loyal listener? Uh, I hope you are doing good. I hope... Nothing horrible has happened in the past month. That would, that would suck. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I, I, thanks for being here today. I'm just gonna start. I think part of this might be the fact that after a month off, I've sort of forgotten how to do this. I sat down to record my intro, and I genuinely had forgotten how, I, like, what to say. Like, I knew what to say, but it's like, what's the tone of voice? Then where do I go? How do I get into this? Like, it just. It hadn't come naturally. It was weird. But uh, it normally takes me multiple times to record my intros. That's been well documented on this podcast. So it's okay. It's not like I wasn't used to it. Alright, so I casually mentioned a trip. Yeah. Um, well, we we took a pretty big one. We went to Massachusetts. Uh, I have never been. Uh, I've Actually, I've never been to a few, a few states. I'm sorry. I've only been to a few states. I haven't been to many in the grand scheme of things. Uh, And we didn't just go to Massachusetts. We passed through Rhode Island and um, uh, Maine, maybe? Sounds maybe right. I'm not totally sure. But yeah, we were up up and around the the New England area. So that was really cool. Um, And then we passed through New York and New Jersey on the way. So we passed through a lot of states on this trip. It was was pretty expansive. But... uh, but yeah, Massachusetts was probably the most interesting thing. Uh, we we got home, well, you know, home away from home, uh, pretty late at night. So we just threw on a movie. We might have th- watched two even. I'm not sure. I don't totally remember the order in which we watched everything. But we went to bed, and then next morning, we went to Boston. So this is about an hour and a half trip from where we were staying uh, I was staying in Bourne, which is a smaller town in Massachusetts, and we pretty close to Cape Cod, if you need a reference point. And we went up to Boston, and aside from traffic delays and some stuff with crashes on uh, on the highways and stuff, that was a, like, oh boy, was that a really, really cool trip. I'm, I am so enamored with cities. I love them, like, to death. 
I, I really, really love cities. Uh, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Toronto. I even have a bit of a soft spot for Jersey City. Like, I really, really love cities. And uh, Boston was one that I've wanted to go to for a while. And I never had gotten the opportunity. But we decided to, to make it happen. And so, like, actually being there finally was really, really cool. And I, and I love it. It's, it's so big when you come into it. It's like a lot of times I feel like the skyline of a city really clusters. And it's like a section, like the downtown area where all the skyscrapers are and maybe where all the famous uh, like buildings are. And it, and it sort of seems like it's clustered. And then the smaller buildings kind of spread out from there, at least when you're looking at it from a from a certain like front on angle but the way we you know we come in and the closer we come it it just like it it's so expansive like it's just like goes on for for like a while and it's still skyscrapers and it's more intermixed so that was really cool because there's a lot of you know a lot of places that are technically cities uh harrisburg it's is technically a city but there's really not that many skyscrapers or anything, you know what I mean? So, that, like, I love being somewhere where I'm like, this is a city city. That's really fun for me. So we uh, we came into the city and we decided to just kind of follow the Freedom Trail throughout uh, the, the downtown and surrounding areas. We, I don't think we did the whole thing. We did most of it. We didn't see, we didn't see any of the famous ships or anything, but we saw... The market and the library and some of the other famous things around along the the way churches and there's all kinds of stuff graveyard that was really cool it was it was really awesome and really unique and sort of like philly in that it's uh older buildings juxtaposed against like glass and steel skyscrapers but it was a little different because I feel Philly, that's kind of grouped to one area of the of the city. It's not really in the downtown area. It's kind of off from it. But we were pretty firmly in the downtown of Boston, and it's still pretty close, you know, like within a block or so of some really historically significant and really old-looking buildings. And that was just cool to see. I'm not really used to that. And I, I really like that. That was probably my favorite part about it. It was just really unique and uh, I guess my mom found an article that dubbed Boston as the most walkable city I don't know if it was in the world or if it was just in the U.S. I'm pretty sure it was just in the U.S. but uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that I mean I guess you need to set the parameters for what walkability entails I think Pittsburgh is a little more walkable because it's seemingly you never have to wait for a crosswalk. It's crazy. It I don't even understand. But I feel like I went. I waited for like one crosswalk, the whole time we were there. But uh, but that so that definitely means you can get places faster by walking because you have less time to wait, uh, in between blocks and stuff. But either way, this was also very walkable and, uh, the like the actual brick trail that is the Freedom Trail. That's really ingenious. That is so cool. Like, that should be a thing. Um, I said mom found the walkability article, and we also both agree that that should be a thing in more metropolises. Like, almost every major city in America has some sort of, 
you know, historical backbone to it. And so having a trail that, like, takes you along the most efficient path to see all that, that was really cool. And having it be, you know, a literal thing, it's not just, you know, you get a map and, um, turn onto this street. and Like, it's like, you know, you can actually follow it. That's really cool just to have that visualization. So, yeah, I definitely think that should be something that's more prevalent uh, up here in the U.S. of A. But, all right, so we did Freedom Trail. We also did some some cool stuff interspersed with that. We went to uh, we went to a house of hoops, <laughs> and uh, I have never been to one. I've been to a Foot Locker, but I've never been to a house of hoops, and it's very different. It does really feel like you're walking into a complex video. Uh, it was really cool. I liked it a lot, uh, and I got a bunch of stuff. Not for cheap, but I did get a bunch of stuff. And we we went to Kensington Market, I think. That's what it's called. I think. I'm pretty sure. I'm, that might be totally wrong. I don't know. But we went to the major market. Uh, and it was also... No. What am I thinking of? That's not that. It's like something that I had a hard time pronouncing. Okay, hold on. Give me a second. Okay, I'm back. It's Faneuil Hall. I don't know what Kensington Market even is. Where did that even come from? Give me another second. Okay, Kensington Market is in Toronto. And I do remember that. I do remember going there. Uh, I got some pretty cracking sushi and uh, all-natural soda. That was, like, really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's where I got that from. Sorry about that. That took way too long. But, um... You know, it'd be funny if I just started confusing all kinds of cities. Yeah, we walked from a uh, little five points down to Times Square and then took a train down to Kensington Market. Just sounded like a complete idiot, which I already do most of the time, but it'd be more funny if I went on the whole tirade about how much I love cities and then I got everything about them wrong. Uh, you might be arguing that I already do, to which I say, I don't think I do, imaginary asshole. Anyway, <laughs> um, we got uh, we got food there at Fennel Hall, and uh, I got Chinese. I got a pretty cracking smoothie. That w- that was actually really cool. There's just this whole smoothie shop, just very nice. And then they put a little pineapple on it, like a lemon. Like you put a lemon on a glass at a restaurant. It was really cool. Um, and then from there, I got comics i got one for me one for my homeboy one for my girlfriend that was really cool and then uh we've got dairy-free ice cream at um at ben and jerry's they had a little little tiny ben and jerry's in the market and that was really cool because i cannot tell you how long it's been since i've gotten like legit scoops of ice cream on a cone and i was so happy to have that like never happens and it wasn't even the cone wasn't even that good but still it's the principle of the thing like i never get that it's really really cool that that was a thing um and i don't totally remember where we went from there but yeah we were just we were just going around it was it was so fun we uh we took the train across one of one of the rivers to uh the boston flagship boston stores or not sorry flagship converse store <laughs> i don't 
I don't know why I confuse those two words with any of them, but, uh, but yeah, and it was the same thing, it was like Foot Locker, but only Converse, and it was really cool, the way it was set up, and the way everything was divided, and they just have displays for their new products, and, and the other thing that was really cool about it was, uh, some of these collections, I don't think officially dropped yet, like, I think, if you couldn't get them online yet, or something, like, maybe they're coming in the coming weeks, but, since, you know, this is a major store in a major city, you could get some of these collections early, or at least I think you can. They were definitely on display. I don't know why they'd be on display if you couldn't buy them yet, but that was really cool. Like, I wasn't ever going to buy the, like, the Mountaineer rainproof boots or the Batman collection, but either way, it was, it was just cool to see them because you see ads for them and know they're coming, but then they're, like, just right there, and it's, like, I don't know, it was really interesting. Uh, you could get cu- customs, too. And like an idiot, I did not get a custom shoe. And then really regretted that decision. Uh, I think I could have made some pretty kick-ass Converse, but I did not. And that's fine. I'm fine with it. I've moved on. I'm not angry about it anymore. Okay? No, it's it's legitimately fine, though. If I really wanted to, I could probably make the same thing. Uh, at my house for cheaper, but it was it still would be cool to, you know, have that in the shoe collection, which I do have by the way, uh, my shoe collection, and it's like I made these in Boston, <laughs> um, okay, uh, from there, where did we go? Uh, oh yeah, we went back across the river to an H and M, uh, and then another sports store. I don't even remember what kind. I got a bunch of stuff, though, that was cool. I got, and this isn't just, like, impulse buying. This was, like, I legitimately did get some, some stuff that I did need. Some new pants, some new jeans, you know. That It was cool. It was it was definitely fun. I, I don't really talk about this much on the podcast because that's not really the audience that this is aimed at. But there is a whole other side of me that really loves to shop and spend way too much money and collect sneakers and just weird like streetwear and I'm very big into that and haven't always been but I've definitely been progressively getting more into that and trying to stay up with it like I do have a like not super huge but a considerable shoe collection now like I got some human races and some Yeezys and a new pair of Vans that uh, I bought on the way back uh and yeah, that's just, like, the half of it. I have some Jordans and stuff. So, yeah, that's that's fun for me. That was, That's cool because you get a much different side of it in a major city like Boston. Like, here, there's a select few people that are into that and have helped me get into that. But it's not, like, like for the most part, you're not really going to run into a lot of people that are into high-end fashion. But there were some people, you know, it's just a it's just a culture that thrives better in an urban environment. And so it was cool. I'm, I'm sure some people thought I was real weird just gawking at them as we walked through a park and I, there's this dude and his girlfriend and she's got like Balenciagas on and he had, I don't know, like a Supreme backpack and like, I, I don't even totally remember all the stuff he had. I think he had Yeezys on, but it was, I don't know, just cool. It's cool to be a part of that for a few days. That was really fun. Uh, all right, so we, the next day, 
uh, was the next day the cranberry bog. This might be totally out of order. But we did, uh, the, the two biggest things that we did the next, no, no. The next day, the day after that was mansions. We went to go see some absolutely cracking mansions. These were up in Rhode Island. And now this was this was simultaneously really cool and also kind of sucked. It was it was amazing. The house we decided to go with one that was described as over the top. And oh my god, was it. It was ridiculous how how much it was like you come in and it's just like gawk at my wealth it's like look at this thing that doesn't even please any aesthetic on the planet but it's just it's expensive so it's here and look at it and it's so extravagant it's like the most extreme flex that you could have and it's just but it's it's a house but it was also really pretty and incredible to imagine people doing this because i mean these are really old houses like they haven't been inhabited for decades so it's crazy to imagine people prior to when we had a lot of the technology that we have now like building this stuff and making it exact and making it so pretty and pristine it's it's crazy that was that was really cool to see the only thing I didn't like about it and this is something I I feel like I used to like but have since kind of soured on is you have the self-guided audio tour I'm pretty sure the first time I was a exposed to that was a couple years ago when we did one in Philly of a of an older prison and that was really fun uh but I don't think I really stayed up to date or listened to them when you were supposed to listen to them but you know I did it I certainly did it more than I have since and some of the times when we go to a tour like that and they hand you the things I'm just like okay and I put it in my pocket and I don't listen to it because it's just I don't know it's not interesting to to just do that, but at the same time, I know I don't love guided tours either, but then I don't know, like, I don't usually read stuff if it's there. I'm more of the type, and my mom is kind of the same, where history for us is just like, okay, we saw the thing, now let's go. Like, our trip to the Liberty Bell and a lot of really famous attractions in Philly was, like, in and out. And I think I really like that. But either way, the the real thing of this was that there are, you know, they bus in tour groups. And for the most part, kids are in school because I missed some school to see this. and or, or they're just, you know, straight up not interested in this uh, particular attraction. So they're busing in elderly people. And so it's just a bunch of people, like so many people. And they're just, you know got the headphones on and just kind of wandering around like zombies and it's I don't know it kind of takes away from it to a certain degree and maybe I would have appreciated it more if I actually listened to the tour but I don't know I think it would have been cooler to just take in the house sans like the walking dead but whatever actually I'm sure this has been played on before but the walking dead in a mansion that that actually would be pretty cool because Think of all the cool hiding spots like zombies could pop out of or how you could creatively make use of all the things in a mansion. That would be really cool. You could drown a zombie in a fan. Well, probably not. I don't Can zombies drown? Guys, right in. Can zombies drown? I feel like they they'd have to, right? Hmm. Would it just fall out of the holes? I don't know.
what's your opinion? Write in. Um, oh, I forgot. Before we went to Boston, we did see Plymouth Rock as well. And that was one of a few moments, uh, especially with seeing older buildings and having a visualization of the remnants of, you know, the very beginnings of this country. That was actually really, really cool. And harrowing is not the right word. Um, hmm, I'm not, I'm not sure, but it, it definitely invoked a feeling that I'm not really used to. Like, I don't know. And I have definitely been, you know, on field trips and just on family trips to places of extreme historical significance, but I never get that sense of like, oh my god, like, this is, this is where it all happened, this is where it all started, like, you know, I'm standing where generations before, like, the the first colonists, you know, where they landed and everything, that's crazy to think about, but it never really dawned on me the way it did, but seeing the rock, that was, that was probably one of the first instances of that, and that happened a lot throughout the trip, just because of the nature of how New England is, so, yeah, that was really cool. I I really enjoyed that part of the trip, too. Uh, alrighty. And then, after the mansion, the next day... Well, we, we stopped at some other places, I think. On the way back, we went we went to like a small coffee shop and, and everything. That was, that was pretty nice. Uh, and then... Oh! Ha! Uh, Man, I should have taken notes to try to organize the trip a little more, but it's okay. We're uh, we're going off the cuff. Uh, we went to a car museum. I th- I'm pretty sure this was still in Massachusetts. And it was all kinds of cars. It was older cars, it was newer cars, uh, and it was all, all kinds of brands, just everything. And it was, it was also really cool. I, you know... Could probably take that in a smaller dosage, but it was really interesting to see all these cars, especially some that I had never really even known existed, and like the weird designs that they have. Um, there was, I can't remember the brand, and I don't really feel like making a fool out of myself by saying like the wrong one. But there's a car where the door is just the front. I don't, I don't really know how else to describe it. It's like the whole windshield and what would be the hood just opens up, and you get in through the front, there's, it's not side doors, that was really cool, I was in love with the ch- Challenger, I think it's, I think it's still technically a Challenger, the Demon, that thing was so badass, that should be a Batmobile, if you're doing like a more street level, like, I, I don't even know, if, if you're doing a more grounded, more realistic take on Batman, and you're like, ah, we don't want to fully commit to the Batmobile, but we also need to have a really cool car for him. That, that's the one. It's like the perfect combination of like the Batman eighty nine Batmobile and the Tumbler, and you like put them in one, and you make it commercially available. It's the Dodge Demon. That thing, wow, that thing was really really awesome. It's just like so wide and like, I don't know, like it looked like a muscular car. It's like, ah, man, that was so cool. Um, what else? Oh, the car from. Fast Five was there. That was really cool. Uh, there was also a car. I can't remember what it... GT something, maybe? I don't even... Like I said, I don't want to make a fool out of myself. But it had like the where it was produced and like the nickname of it written on the car. And it was blue and white. 
And I really like that too, because it looks like the off-white Jordan 1s. And I really love putting text on something that doesn't traditionally have text on it, like a shoe or a car. So that was really cool. I liked seeing uh, like a like the mini description of it. I really like that. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, just Google off-white Jordan 1s. You'll see what I'm saying. The like the the writing of it on the shoes. So that was really cool. I like that a lot. All right, and then day three. All right, guys. I'm not gonna lie. Mom, skip ahead fifteen seconds. This was kind of boring. Day three was a little boring. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be totally transparent. It was. I don't know, but it's okay. It wasn't really a day for me. It was definitely for my parents. Uh, and I'm not not to say it was completely uninteresting. Just that, uh, I don't know, of the three, it was probably my least favorite. But the thing is, it was very hard. I've neglected to mention thus far that it was incredibly hard to find things to do because it was raining the entire time. Not in Boston, surprisingly, uh, but literally everywhere else in New England. Like, on the drive up to Boston, oh, it's not raining in Boston. On the drive back to Boston, oh, it's raining again, uh... Like, everywhere. It was, even if it wasn't, like, downpour, it was a light mist. Like, just enough to be annoying. So, a lot of things were closed. Uh, Yeah, it was just, or it's like, even if it wasn't closed, it's like, oh, that's outdoors. I don't really feel like standing in a torrential downpour for four hours or whatever it would be. So, we're trying to work around the weather. Uh, And this, you know, that drastically limits your field, especially if it's stuff so involved with boats, you know, and you're getting, like, a big storm, and waves are going to be rocky, like, you don't really, you know, it's just, it was a little difficult, so we did, uh, we, we kind of worked it out, and we did a cranberry bog, that was one of the two big things we did, uh, however, we guess, I guess we didn't check, uh, to see whether or not it was, dry or wet growing I think that's what they're called something like that and so if it's a dry dry growing or or whatever it's just kind of looks like a bunch of bushes clumped together whereas if you google in image search cranberry bog it's like what they have in the uh in the those commercials for cranberry juice like it's just a giant explosion of cranberries everywhere and it's like totally red and it looks really cool and it's almost like if you filled a swimming pool with cranberries like that's kind of what it looks like and it's really awesome and I wasn't feeling it and then mom's like cranberry bog just look it up and I looked it up and that's what I saw and I was like oh that now that's cool but we went and it turns out when they look like that it's the wet growing so these, the way they grow them, that's not what it looks like. Like I said, just kind of giant bush. And certainly it's impressive that that's a lot. It's like a whole acre of just bushes and water, basically. And that was really cool, but it wasn't what we were expecting, and we tried to find a different one. However, we never really did, at least one that was close by. So, yeah, that was, was, it was okay, but it was definitely cooler for my parents than it was for me. Uh, what else did we do? We went to Hyannis, and we went to JFK, to the uh, museum, and that was very well organized and laid out and very well designed. I was very intrigued by just the general thing of, like, 
Camelot and like Jacqueline and everything that happened with that. That I did not know. I was never familiar with, you know, the description of Kennedy's life as Camelot. Like that was, that was very interesting to me. I, that was probably one of the highlights. That and I don't know. It's so weird when you see something that just evokes that feeling of like, oh, this is a piece of Americana. And that's really cool. Something about the the feeling of something like that was really cool. And just seeing, like, you know, the Kennedys and, and especially Jacqueline. I know she was kind of an icon in her own right. Uh, both of those things, like, it was just like, ah, this is, you know, this is a little section of, like I said, Americana. This is, these are American icons. And the way they're photographed a lot of the time and presented by the media, that was really, really cool. Now, the only thing I didn't know, this was a little bit of auxiliary information, and I'm not mad at my mom, I'm mad at the fact that this even happened, was that I guess, so she's talking about how, oh, I really liked it, but there was a lot of things they left out, including the fact that Kennedy was very well known to be very unloyal to his wife. And I was like, what? Like, obviously, you don't want to portray an American hero in a negative light in a museum honoring him. But, like, I, ah, that's, that sucks. Like, come on. That's, ah, that really, really sucks. It's like seeing this idealized version of a person totally buying into it, which is kind of naive, I admit. And being like, yeah. He cheated on his wife all the time, and it's like, oh, come on. Like, are you kidding me? Was there no person in history that was actually a legitimately good person? Were they all just like, oh, they did this one good thing, and then they were secretly horrible all the time? And obviously, I know it's... That's a vast oversimplification, but still, it's just like... Ah, that's really depressing and sucks. Anyway... Blah. And anyway, anyway, that whole trip was really fun. The only other thing that I would like to talk about was the trip back. No, I'm just joking. I I did actually want to highlight the trips. I find that the trip up is much faster than the trip back. And seven hours, it's not a lot, but... It is a lot at the same time. I don't know, man. It was... It just, like, the the length of the drive really starts to weigh on you after a little bit. I mean, I mean it's fine. Obviously, I survived, but it is very tough for me. I have to, like, break it up into incre- increments and be like, I have to do this here and this there. And, like, oh, it's, uh, it's 12, 22. I'll wait till 12.30 to eat and try to take exactly half an hour so that I know it's one, which means we only have five hours left. And it's, and it's it's fine, obviously. I'm not, like, dreadfully bored. It's just, like, trying to manage that amount of time is insane. Uh, my girlfriend, her dad lives in Texas. Uh, and that's a 24-hour drive to where he lives from where we live. Or where she lives specifically. And I was dumbfounded by that. I was like, I can't imagine driving 24 hours. I think the longest I've ever done is 22 to Florida. I, I think, yeah, I think that's what that was. Um, 
and I didn't, I don't even remember it. Like I was that little. I very, I remember very little about that trip. I remember, I remember being out in the pool at midnight because it was like Christmas Eve. So obviously we're A, not going to sleep and B, it's really hot in Florida. So it's not even cold in the pool and our pool was heated, like the one we rented. So that was, that's always stuck out in my mind because I mean, yeah, who doesn't want to go out in the pool at midnight? Uh, what else? I got the Back to the Future DeLorean Lego. And I remember reading Harry Potter on Nemo bed sheets. That, 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 I didn't bring those. Those were there when we got there. Uh, oh, and in Florida, it's not illegal to ride in the bed of a truck. Not that I have ever paid attention to that law, but still, it was fun to do it legally. So all those things I remember. And then it's more vague, the other things, which I'm sure my mom loves to hear. But, uh, but yeah, those are the big things I remember. But I definitely don't remember the drive. There are very few trips, like like actual lengthy drives that I really remember. Besides that, I think that one of the only ones that really also sticks in my mind was one. I was with two of my friends. We were going somewhere for my birthday. And we were running late, and we had to get dinner. So we went to a Wegmans, and we like ate microwaved pizza or something. I didn't even... That sounds very odd the way I just said that but I think I swear that's what we did and that always stuck out in my mind because I remember my parents were like oh we're so sorry I know this sucks I know you guys just want to get home and we were all like what are you talking about this is this is freaking cool I don't even know why it was just so fun it's so weird I think that's because I love stopping for food so much like of the drive that's my favorite part I like I don't like sleeping even though I very rarely sleep in the car Listening to podcasts is fun, but I do it all the time. It's not like it's really special. I don't watch movies in the car anymore. I can't watch TV for that long just because on my phone it, it hurts my eyes after a while. So stopping for food, it's like the drink of Gatorade in a marathon. I love it. Anyway, you're welcome for that weird tangent. So yeah, we got home. Everything was good. But I'm going to backtrack a little bit because uh, it will... Okay, those two things. Uh, we watched some movies, and I got some comics. Real quick, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but Why the Last Man continues to be one of the greatest comics I've ever read. Anyone who says Ex Machina is better than Y is absolutely crazy. You guys are nuts. X, y is way better than X. Uh, but also, Why the Last Man is written by Brian K. Vaughan. One of his other books, Saga, is my favorite comic of all time. It's my favorite. And I think the more I read of Why, the more it might have usurped Saga. Like, it is crazy. Uh, yeah, dude, it's so good. Uh, and then, well, what else? I finally got around to reading the first arc of Chip Starsky's Daredevil. It was okay. I think the beginning was definitely a lot better than the end. The, everything with the Punisher was really cool, uh, and then everything with the Defenders was pretty cool, too. The only thing I did not like, like, really did not like, was the conversation with Spider-Man at the end. Uh, sorry, spoilers, I guess. I don't think any anybody who's listening to this right now really cares, or even knows what I'm talking about. But but if you on the off chance you do, uh, yeah, Spider-Man... 
the like just the way he was talking to him and that he's really condescending to Daredevil. It didn't read as Spider Man to me. It didn't even need to be there. And oh God, do I hate that stuff in stories. Like where it's somebody's like I'm just I'm getting in your way because I I gotta help you. And if this happens to me, I pray to God someone would do the same. You're done. Put the costume away. You're done. It's ah, uh, it's so cliche. And man, do I really not like it. So that that sucked. And I know. Then after that, the next arc is, he's just a lawyer. At least for a while, I know. I'm pretty sure he hangs up the costume, and oof. Oof, my goof. Man, do I not... I, mm, I don't have any real desire to to read that, especially after the way it concludes. So definitely the ending kind of sucks, and especially in comparison to the beginning, but it's definitely still worth reading. I would recommend it. Uh, probably pick up some other Daredevil books first. I wouldn't say you should start with that, but if you like the character, it is pretty good, and I do think it's better by far and away than the Back in Black stuff. Uh, all that stuff with him, with a, he had a sidekick. I don't even remember his name. That's, like, how little he mattered. But, um, yeah, all that stuff was definitely okay at best. And this is, for sure, a lot better. Uh, sans the ending. And, uh, oh, the only other thing I would say about it is it's a little overdramatic. Uh, I really hate the inner monologue thing where it's very clipped sentences. It's very short, like, I'm... I'm Daredevil, but Daredevil's over, Matt Murdock's over, and then he's about to say, it's, uh, and then he gets, like, cut off or something, I'm like, okay, I get it, you could have just stopped at one, but other than that, it's fine, it's, wow, that really sounded like I didn't like it, but but trust me, it is pretty good, uh, and then another, another book I read, very, very surprised, uh, that, like, well, not surprised that I liked it, surprised by how much I liked it, I don't know if you've heard of the Umbrella Academy. You might have. It was just a series on Netflix. I think season two is coming in a couple weeks. Uh, I never watched the show, but it was getting really popular and there was a lot of buzz. So I I was like, oh, I know that's a comic. I want to read the comic first. So I, I, uh, I did. I finally did because my girlfriend's really into the show. And I figured I would buy her the comic. Because uh, she also really digs art. I just seems like a pretty good crossroads of all that. But, and she doesn't listen to this, so I can say this. Uh, I read it before I gave it to her. Because I had a few days in between when I'd see her. So I read it because I wanted to see if I liked it or not. And uh, I did. I really, really liked it. Like, enough that I think I want to get the rest of the series and probably pick up a copy for myself. Uh, I, Man, it was so, so good. It was really quirky and I really liked the way it brought all the characters together and I loved I don't know just the kind of the irreverence of it and the the kind of black sense of humor and I wasn't really expecting much because I was like okay it's written by Gerard Way he's definitely got a reputation and a style and I I didn't totally love that kind of hot topic mall goth sort of thing that he's got on going for him and especially based on the drawings and I don't know just what I knew of the series I was like that seems like a cool idea but I don't know if I'll totally gel with the writing or the aesthetic just because you know I don't tend to like that kind of stuff but 
it does really sidestep that and it's really fun it moves at a clip and it's got a lot of really creative really interesting ideas i love like i said the quirks just like the the blocks of text that happen at the end of every issue that are like kind of completely unrelated to whatever just happened in the issue that was really fun uh the fact that there's just apes that are cops but also like a, there's one that's uh in in the umbrella academy and in, it's never even brought up like it's never acknowledged i just love the matter of factness of this world i love uh, a lot of stuff like that the art style is also really unique and interesting and and then yeah just like i said there's a lot of really interesting ideas that i thought were really creative the only thing oh oh actually oh well yeah these are kind of tied in together so I really like that first that a lot of the actions that the characters take throughout the story have very real consequences and real stakes. I mean, I said that I like the matter-of-factness of the world. I also like the matter-of-factness with which the climax takes place where it's like if you asked him to spare a fuck, he would say he's fresh out because they're just the way they dispatch a lot of these characters was just so like unceremonious and and really really cool. I like that a lot. And uh but then the ending then seemed really rushed because I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it's a very cataclysmic event. Like t- to the degree where despite the fact that they technically saved the day, I don't think they saved it enough that like the world would be able to naturally function within the you know the same day as all this stuff happened. I just I don't know. Just the way it went down, it seemed kind of rushed and and the ending seemed really abbreviated. And I wonder if I'm pretty sure that this started out as a mini series and it became like an actual ongoing series because of the popularity it gained. So I'm wondering if they're like, "Oh crap, well we don't, you know, if we never get to tell another chapter in this story then we'll leave it with a degree of ambiguity but we'll wrap enough wrap it up enough so that you know the reader gets a satisfying story and it's not like a horribly depressing ending with with no conclusion so i think i understand it from that perspective but even still i just the i don't know it's just the ending just it wrapped up a little too neatly i think for me it's like an event that would have been as Maybe not as uh, as detrimental, but at least on the scale of the ending of Avengers Infinity War. And so I like, and then in Endgame, one of the things I really like is exploring the world after something that insane and horrible has happened. And how much has changed, and what the wider effects of it are. And certainly it's not a huge, huge part of the movie. It just can't be by the nature of that story. But it's it's definitely there. Even in small ways, it's there. And I love how they built that world. So I don't like how the ending of this is an event that's about on par with that ending. Except it would be like if you started uh, Endgame and they acted as if nothing had happened. That's kind of what I'm saying. So any anyway, besides that... It was really, really interesting, and I definitely recommend it. Uh, I'll keep talking about it probably as I read it. I don't think there's that many volumes, so it should be pretty quick. I'll probably jump on it uh, after I finish reading why, because I only have two more volumes left of that, too. So.
All right, enough comic talk. I'm going to really quickly run through a bunch of movies, give a couple sentence uh, synopsis of them and my thoughts. We watched uh, a whole bunch. We watched like, oh man, like at least six movies probably. And we were only there like four nights. So uh, it might not have been six, maybe five. Not sure, but I'll, I'll run through them. We watched, the first movie we watched was uh, The Body? No, yeah, the, no, The Bounty Hunter, The Bounty Hunter. And it's uh, Gerard Butler and Jennifer Aniston, I think. And this movie, the performances are not very good. It's not technically very well made or doing anything very interesting. It's very flat lighting. It plays out pretty much like a sitcom. Uh, I don't think it's particularly funny. I don't think the ending was remotely earned. I did enjoy it. I, I don't know. This, in every way, is an objectively terrible movie. Like, I don't think this movie works at all. But something about it, it was kind of charming. And once it got out of a certain rut of just repeating the same joke over and over and over and over again, I did really like it. And a lot of the characters are just so weird you kind of gotta laugh i don't buy gerard but yeah gerard butler right yeah yeah okay sorry i think i just got confused because i was just talking about gerard way but um yeah gerard butler i don't buy him as a bounty hunter at all he's so ill-equipped and terrible at his job and i guess that's sort of the point but at the same time oof uh not great casting but i mean I could pick this movie apart all day, but I've got to be honest, it's kind of fun. I was just kind of in the mood to enjoy a really stupid movie where despite hating every second, I loved every second. So uh, maybe not rush out to see this one, but if you don't have anything better to do, I, I watch it, I guess. Uh, right after that, we watched Bad Boys, I think. Did we watch Bad Boys? No, I think we attempted... Charlie's Angels? Too sexy. Just a little... <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. But um, it's just a little too risque to be watching with my parents. That was just a little too awkward. So I, I changed it, and we watched The First Bad Boys. And I know what you're going to say. That's not exactly the definition of like clean family material. But it's better. So, uh, yeah, that was... Wow, that was really fun. I like that movie a lot. It's, ah, man, I love movies where you get a chance to explore two characters kind of life swapping. Uh, yeah, that was, that was great. It was just, man, it made me laugh. I thought it had pretty good action. Uh, it moved pretty briskly and I thought it, uh, Will Smith and the other guy, I don't remember his name, were very good in it, and it's super cool to see Will Smith, uh, it's like the king of cool, because he's definitely moved away from that, but I, it is interesting to see him in a different era, where that was more his persona, so I really like that, and I would definitely watch this again. Oh, Martin Lawrence, Martin Lawrence, that's the other guy. Uh, there were certain aspects of it that definitely didn't work, but for the most part, I thought it was pretty tight, and I really liked it. Uh, we watched Bad Boys 2 uh, next night. 
Ah, I gotta say, I think this one was funnier, or at least, at least made me laugh more. A lot of the stuff with the dead bodies, I felt so bad for laughing, but God, was I laughing so much. I, um, I about died when he, he's like, oh, I got something. Is it drugs? Oh, it's just his kidney. <laughs> oh my God, the casualness with which he just, like, tosses it. And it wasn't even, like, Martin Lawrence's reaction. It was just the way he said it and, like, the way he tossed it like it was nothing. Oh, it made me laugh so hard. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was the first one... Okay, so both are made by Michael Bay. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's the director of both Bad Boys movies uh, and the Transformers films, which are a... Uh, Freshly pooped in diaper on a hot day. They stink. Uh, but, uh, but one of the biggest problems with them is they're very much overblown. They're just, they go on for way too long. The ac- action sequences are not very good. They're not super funny. Uh, it's just, man, they're not very entertaining. They're not fun to watch. So, they're made, though, after he really hit it big. After he hooked up with a major studio and they gave him crazy huge budgets and he could just kind of run wild and do whatever he wanted. Bad Boys, the first one, was made for like nickel and dime. It had a pretty small budget and I know, I'm pretty sure he reshot either a major scene or like the ending. Oh, I don't, something. There was one scene that really needed to be changed. So he paid for it entirely out of pocket. It was clearly something he was passionate about and I feel like you can feel that more in the first movie there's like this drive of a young director who's trying to prove himself and who's got this really cool story with these really good actors and and everything it just coalesces in a way that's a lot better than I think the second one does and I think big part of that is that he still has the traces of like a smaller director's roots however by the second one, he'd clearly gotten a lot more money and a lot more freedom. And so uh, everything about it, just the way it's shot, looks like Michael Bay movie a lot more than the first one does. And then for sure the pacing and action. Like, there is almost no interesting action in the second one. And there are so many jokes that go on for way too long and speaking of going on way too long the entire movie goes on way too long by the end when they're launching like a full-on attack on a foreign country and they end up on like a minefield with a drug dealer or something i didn't even know it was happening that was oof that was real bad like that was the that was not the way that you should end that movie like that's uh that did not need to be there she could have just not gotten captured that would have been a lot better but like I said it's not like it doesn't entirely work it did have me busting a gut so yeah it was really I don't know a mixed bag but it's definitely worth a watch at least once but I would recommend the first one over the second one uh, if only for the story I just think the story is a lot better and then what else what else what else I feel like we watched something so i know we watched Coraline, but i feel like we watched something before we watched Coraline. uh i don't know oh oh now this is a blast from the past we did not finish this movie 
However, I do remember it watching do remember watching it a lot more as a kid. I might still have it on DVD. Let me check. No, I don't still have it. But I did ha- I did have it for a while. I like picked it up in like a bargain bin for like a dollar and it it just sat on my shelf for a while. But I definitely used to watch it as a kid. It's a Forbidden Kingdom, it's Jackie Chan and Jet Li and then some white guy, I don't know. And it is not good. And I feel like even as a child I knew it was not good and I don't know why I watched it. But I think it was because, well, it's this or Karate Kid or Drunken Master for the 18,000th time. Uh, And I'm sure my dad would always suggest, was it Dragon or something? Like the Bruce Lee biopic. And I remember we watched that one time and it scared the heck out of me. The samurai fight where he like breaks his back or something. I don't even remember. I just, see, I've only seen it one time because it scared me so bad. And I don't even know why, but... Ah, you know, that would actually be fun to cover on the on the podcast. Some classic Jackie Chan or uh, Bruce Lee movies. That would be, oh, wow, that'd be awesome. I need to write that down somewhere. Because we have, wait, dog, we have Enter the Dragon. Mm, if I didn't have a party to go to tonight, I would. So when does dad get home? <laughs> if we started at an A, we could probably, if I got... Well, I there's no way I get home by 8. Ugh. See what I'm saying? It's tough. Anyway, I'll definitely put that on the list. Uh, maybe we could watch tomorrow after breakfast or something. <laughs> Before we have to go see our family. <sighs> We're like, family. Get it? Family. <laughs> Two E's. Alright, I'm sorry. But uh, that, was, that sucked. We turned it off really quickly. Alright, one more thing. We watched... Well... I watched Coraline. My parents went to bed like halfway through. Not because they didn't like it, but because they were tired. And we had a long drive the next day. But, uh, yeah, dog. Coraline is still good. It's the same Umbrella Academy thing. So quirky, so unique. I loved it. I loved it so much. And the craft and the care that you can feel in it. Oh, amazing. I mean, like, uh, every frame. Every frame. I can't imagine having to be that exact and precise with every single movement in the movie. It's, man, is that really cool. And, like, at a certain point, it's just done so well, you almost forget you're watching a stop-motion film. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is this is Coraline. It's directed by Henry Selick, the same guy who directed uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's a studio called Leica who did Box Trolls, Missing Link, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, and Paranorman. Those are those are their movies, and they're all stop motion. So, yeah. Man, the passion that you can feel in the movie. It's palpable. It's amazing. It's so cool as a technical achievement. Uh, yeah, Coraline is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, and you're looking for good, something good for this spooky season, I definitely recommend it. I might do a longer episode about it, but... uh. But alright, it's already been a pretty long time. I hope that doesn't bother you. I know 
uh, I would hope it doesn't. I've been gone for a while, so I'm trying to treat you guys to a little something extra, too. I got a bonus episode that should be out around the same time. So, uh, but uh, in the meantime, I appreciate you listening. I would highly encourage you to check out uh, pretty much everything that I talked about in this episode. Check out Boston. Check out New England as a whole. Uh, you should definitely check out Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2 and Coraline. Um, I can't speak to the quality of Charlie's Angels. Uh, definitely don't check out Forbidden Kingdom. But if you're into comics, I mean, get on my comic recs, okay? And if you want more, just hit me up. I'll give you all of them. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. I am headed out for real. But if you want to get in touch with me, I know I've, I've asked you, do zombies drown? And hit me up if you want comic recs. If you're wondering how to do that because it's been so long, well, let me remind you. Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram at geovandrioli1. Or uh, you can uh, you can hit the show up where I'll be posting uh, updates on new episodes and teasers for what films I'll be covering in the future. Uh, that is at Movies and More Pod uh, on Instagram. Or if neither of those really float your boat, you can email me at moviesmorepod at gmail.com. Alright, everyone. Thanks as always for listening. Uh, if you enjoy this episode or any other ones, please leave a five-star review. And if you never want to miss another episode, since I'll be trying to put them out more regularly, uh, you should definitely subscribe and tell a friend. I'd love to get the word out. But for now, thanks for listening. Peace. Go to Boston's fun.